This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Honestly, it's such a fucking miracle that anyone listens to this podcast anymore. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by Jeremy Cobb, but Jasper William Cartwright calls me Guiding in Blackness. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. I like to wind Jeremy up by uh, when we record, when we used to record on Zoom, we don't even record on Zoom anymore, uh, of uh, mimicking the Zoom lady. I'm sure all of our listeners have probably heard this Zoom lady at some point because it's very yes. distinctive. Like once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Yes. Uh, and so I do a very bad impression <laughs> of the Zoom really lady. And it's got impression. to a point where it doesn't even sound like words anymore. <laughs> I'm just kind of going... Um, uh, but that's not the actual nickname I was going to read today. The actual nickname <laughs> I was going to read today is that Leonie Mara Flatrong calls me Kolben B. Cobb. And Kolben means Cobb in German. Hey! Yes. Nice. And, Other languages. And okay. honestly, this is a case of real synergy here mm. because... Leo, Leonie Mar Flatrong, Leo, one of my best friends, plays in my home game. What? Yes. Nice. Good way to bring it full circle. I like that. Yes. And we have another um, person here from my home game. What? We do. We who do. Who is this? Jeremy, who is this person sat next to you? What, who, what's this? What's happening right now? Who is this person? This person is, is my girlfriend. This is Deja. Deja Sylvester. Say hi, Deja. Hi, Deja Sylvester. Oh, wait, that's me. And then I try to shoot Kevin Costner. This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons. Full Prince vibe? Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. Does have an alligator with a pistol in it, though. A brand new Hoffman. Yeah! On a nat 20. No! My name is Blam Jam. That's disgusting and I love it. <laughs> We're about to get into something real big now. Yay! Yeah! Yay! We have an extra special guest today. Uh, uh, our lovely Olivia Kennedy is in the midst of moving house and all the stresses that comes with moving house. So we decided, hey, Liv, why don't you just take a, take a, you know, take a, take a seat. Uh, you just can cancel all things this week. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just exactly. Get, we were like, you do you know what? You just, you just do, you do what you need you get, to do. Get you just get I've you been moved. through that process and it is not fun. It is not fun. So uh, our thoughts with Olivia Kennedy at this, at this dark time. Thoughts and prayers. But so excited to have you, Dave. Uh, an absolute pleasure to have you uh, and we you are here because today we thought we would do a little uh, it behind the DM screen chat about the City of the Black Rose which is our current actual play campaign which is based on a setting which Jeremy runs at home with yes. Deja love it look all this synergy that's right, right Jasper it is a home game I can't, I can't it's, even take myself seriously. It's, it's two home <laughs> games, in fact. It is two home games. And Deja, I'm in both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of them was created prior to, was it prior to us dating or were we already dating by that point? 
I no, can't it was remember. prior to us dating. It was prior to us dating. I made the game so that I could play with Deja. Yeah, you. you mm-hmm. it oh, was, yeah. you big softy. Maybe, maybe it, you're a little friendly. Maybe you're a little <laughs> friendly. Maybe just a tiny bit. It's the eternal version of roses, like a dozen roses, because he wanted to play games with me and spend more time with me. And so he created a D&D campaign that I'll never let him stop running. Yes. That's genius, Jeremy. So. That's genius. You picked like a set. Did you pick the setting on purpose because you knew Deja would like it? Um, so what I did was uh, I asked, I was like, I when I knew that I had at least three people that I could get into this group, uh, actually also in this group is a friend of the show and personal friend of mine, Taylor Svetkovich, creator of Paradox hey, Perfect. Pa- uh, yeah, Paradox Perfect. Nice. Yeah. And so once I had recruited him and another uh, mutual friend of Deja's and mine, uh, we I asked them what kind of setting they wanted. And they were like, steampunk. And I was like, well... I have a setting that's not exactly steampunk, but it's a big enough city. We can say some of it's steampunk themed. We can throw some uh, stuff in there. Like, yeah. that's fine. It's fluid enough. Just put a lot of smoke. A lot of yeah, smoke yeah, and steam. Yeah, exactly. A lot of smoke and, and steam. Yeah. Just sprinkle in some bolts. Yeah. yeah sprinkle exactly. some nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but that was that was not the first time that I'd done the setting. The first time I did the setting was after. So you remember the famous? Well, I don't know if it's famous, but the one of the earlier tales from the table I told on the show of <laughs> one of the uh, famous tales from the table. I love the idea. There is thousands upon thousands of people out there who are like, <laughs> "Do you remember this tales from the table?" It was truly a moving and seminal moment of three black halflings lore, and it's so important. <laughs> it was one of the most ridiculous ones because it was the one where the bear, the well, no, it wasn't the bear it was yeah no it was the bear got thrown off of a cliff and oh, i had yes. no and it was just yeah, yeah! that's where the scream sp- came was... from which is still in our opening credits yes Excellent. <laughs> uh, so it is a famous uh, at it least is for three it Black is Apples. famous yeah um Chef's kiss to that so that mm-hmm. campaign that campaign ended abruptly when one of the players just decided that despite having played for almost two years they didn't like D. oh yes oh this <laughs> so, was incredible this was a sad that was a sad recording that was i remember us talking about very that. That was, sad yeah that was sad. Uh, i think that happened right before we were recording as well. like, you were you were you could tell you could, jeremy was a little bummed out that day yeah that was a rough one uh so the rest of the group still really loved playing D D, and so i got them together and I was like, let's do a new setting. We'll carry on. And I asked him. That's like, how you approach Deja, right? Just sobbing, <laughs> crying. Like, a, <laughs> just, please play D&D with me. Play D&D with me. You couldn't resist, right, Deja? You couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, it was it was part of the charm. And yeah, romance, of course. Really. It's part of the Jeremy charm. It's crying yeah. uncontrollably. <laughs> tears canon that's law now that's yeah. official jeremy cries that's Jer- when jeremy turns on the charm <laughs> that's his move <laughs> please date me <laughs> and then you turn around to me like and your face goes back to like a big smile and you like thumbs up at the bar like i'm doing it i'm doing it yeah. the goal is to expel enough tears and snot that the person slips bonks their head and doesn't remember what they said and then when so you I wake say, up you say actually we're married yeah you <laughs> said your yes i'm so excited that you're back now because right. you said yes immediately before yeah. you fell and bonked your head uh but actually deja and i met uh during another story from our, <laughs> from Big Black yeah uh, oh <laughs> oh boy I, I 
that was yeah. secretly part of so many stories. I've, I'm yeah. just hanging out in the undercurrent. Just... I'll be honest. Deja introduced us to Jamal, and we've not been able to escape since. Like that. Like it's that. True. Like Jamal put us in touch. Uh, Deja put us in touch with Jamal, and now Jamal Deja summoned Jamal. I did summon yeah. him, and it's how I hang out in the undercurrent now. I'm just floating around like a sea creature. Yeah, love that. Absolutely this feels like that. a this feels like a serialized TV show where we go back to a bunch <laughs> of flashbacks and show this new character was there yep. the whole time. Yes, like, that's exactly what it is. To, yeah, and we like, like and we're like so... badly photoshopping them into the background of scenes. <laughs> like, it's all these cutaways to them in. standing nearby. Like, what? This is <laughs> crazy. I Turns out to be an extra from time. the previous <laughs> season. As they just photoshopped the guy's face onto the extra. <laughs> exactly. Mm, it's me. It's like uh, no, we now we deep fake. So we've just deep fake Deja's face onto all these character uh, figures. But anyway, yeah. I asked the group, I was like, what theme would you like to play? They were like a combination of like gothic horror and noir. And I was like, cool. So I set to work building a big, I was like, cool. I'm thinking gigantic city. Uh, actually, prior to Deja joining, Unati was, and technically still is, they just haven't played with us in a while, part of the campaign. Uh, mm. The original four group kit, because I uh, recruited Unati into it. Um, and I was like, cool, let's do a huge like urban fantasy mixture of like most of my experience with gothic fiction is from reading Victorian era novels. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was like, cool, I'm just going to draw a bunch from like from various novel figures and stick them in there and then uh, and then have like tonally uh, and then in, in terms of like some maybe some pulp characters or, or major uh, crime or events, things like that, just smash them all in there. And that was mm -hmm. kind of how how the setting developed uh, from the beginning. It was meant to be just a gigantic, the biggest city you can imagine. It never ends. There's so much stuff happening there that you can just set as many campaigns there as you want. And the groups don't even necessarily need to meet. They can, uh, but they don't ever have to overlap. Uh, and it can, mm. uh, one fun thing is also to have events from one kind of get mentioned Effect. in another. Yeah, 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 yeah for, sure. Uh, for sure. I got so excited the first time I realized you did that. Yeah, yeah. So excited. Uh, Deja, do you remember what it, what, uh, what the case was? Uh, yeah. So in the, uh, so what you've referred to as the American campaign and the UK campaign, uh, in the American campaign, something blew up as part of like the main plot that we were doing, and it showed up in a news article in the UK campaign. That's Sick. the very first time I remember it happening, and you told me about it after the fact. You were like, yeah, no, that shows up in a news article. And I was like, bah! just fully. Uh, <laughs> that's Deja's move. Yeah, that's, that's mine. <laughs> that's extremely cool. Yeah, yeah you just I, I, I cried, Deja. What, what's the sound you make? Bah! Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> I, I thing is I don't think you met at a bar, but that's what I want to imagine is that you guys <laughs> walked up to each other, Jeremy crying, you going because <laughs> I just think absolutely. We just uh, made incredible. sounds at each other and it was love <laughs> from there. I'm just holding on and to Deja's you are, legs, sobbing as Deja looks up and <laughs> true love. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. This is a question then. <laughs> first mm -hmm. question well first of all i think we should just say uh that uh th this season is out right now we are uh will be by this point we'll be two episodes in on the main campaign and there mm -hmm. might be um some extra episodes on the patreon at this point hopefully at uh, least three out of the those, four if uh, not all four up on the patreon well, 
nice yeah. um which means we'll be starting with some talkback episodes then probably this week uh which yeah. is very exciting oh, so yeah. uh if you are on the patreon and you have already listened to all of them fear not because there's more city of the black rose content coming uh because we'll have the, the little talkback episodes with all of our yeah. guests the city uh, watch coming as well that's what we're calling city the watch the okay. city watch okay mm. nice nice name i just i just heard that for the first time very good it's good, name. It's good. <laughs> we have not recorded uh, we yet. haven't recorded mine just in case you haven't realized um <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. i um but so yes go ahead and listen to that but i have a question for you jeremy mm-hmm. um as you know i'm always blown away by your world building but i'm interested to know if there was anything uh i think there was but is there anything specific from your home games which made it into uh obviously no spoilers but mm-hmm. like has, is there any kind of like elements or did you did you like you know did did playing the games at with the home teams help build the world to what it became when we saw it in the in the show almost everything that is in the uh city of the black rose series was created for that series however uh there is i believe one location specifically that shows up that is from my home game as well as three characters who specifically are no four characters who are either referred to or physically appear who are from various home games uh Ooh. yes oh, yes two cool. of them physically appear i believe and two of them are referred to so yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah. i well, that's oh, wait, no. been- there's a third uh the hive that's actually not a spoiler because that's in episode one the hive yeah, yeah. was actually created specifically for the american campaign the which hive is the one that i made so for great yeah the first time we went there it's amazing i have to say though you're actually really consistent about keeping locations and lore uh across the home games both home games and from what you've told me about what you did for the show mm, it's actually, thank you yeah it's really impressive yeah, the hive is where we meet Pims, where Pims is in the oh, is in the course. fighting pits and there's in all the, the bees, pits. all the people mm. dressed up as bees. Yeah. Uh that was that was originally that made hive. for Yeah, that was originally <laughs> made for that for that campaign. It's also where one of our PCs almost died. It's true. <laughs> it's it's so true. rough. We decided to join the fighting pits and that was a thing that we chose. Yeah. Yeah, fighting pits. I think this is a good uh, bit of player advice, which is like, be really ready for fighting pits because fighting pits are just an excuse for the DM to have fun as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like whenever my players say they want to go to the fighting pits, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm there like <laughs> flicking through the monster manual being like, what do I want to play with today? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? There is no rhyme or reason to what I will throw at you in a fighting pit. It will be purely <laughs> based terrible. on how what, what how much fun can i have with my players today like mm-hmm. how much can i annoy them with something that paralyzes them or you know throws them Stun 10 feet backwards yeah anything like that Jasper leech their just... life regain hit points all that kind of fun stuff so you just break out a beholder and all of your players are slapped yeah. like oh, why would you what? do this <laughs> wait Cool, open so to all. It's open. Yeah. It's free entry. Everybody. It's free entry. <laughs> yeah, you see the Tarasque walks in with a with a five pound note and goes, "Yeah, oh, can I fight that guy over there?" Yeah. And he yeah, starts doing some warm ups. Yeah, he's stretching, doing some lunges. Yeah. Takes out half the crowd as he lunges. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta we're gonna limber up. <laughs> gotta loosen up the jaw. <laughs> All I want is a proper cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Cup of, cup of coffee. Cup the of idea coffee. of a Tarasque doing vocal warm ups is very funny to me. Very, very funny. It's, it's pretty um, magical. 
I do believe, Jeremy, though, before we go any further, I do believe you actually had a, an epic tale from the table, which you've been saying for so yes. long that you were going yes. to mention on the show. And we haven't had a Tales from the Table in a while. So uh, why don't we get a Tales from the Table and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, City of Black. Yes. So this Tale from the Table actually was the culmination of the main plot of the UK game which was the first Mavros game that I ran uh, up until this, up to this point. Um, basically, there were... We'll call them US, of- UK, and show. Yes. Show game. US, UK, show. So UK, uh, there had been, from like the second or third session, characters who had disappeared, like major NPCs who had disappeared. Uh, there were a bunch of different crimes and conflicts that were all tied to this big evil organization. They had figured out that this organization was likely keeping all, all those people below this building, uh, beneath this building, and they needed to infiltrate the building. Uh, they tried to do it real smoothly. Things did not go well. Uh, they it turned into Things, a really you know? <laughs> yeah. It turned into a very elaborate, desperate move because they started to realize, oh my god, our cover is blown. We have to do this now or not at all. So they are now improvising their way, trying to fight their way through this facility, fighting all of these scientists and guards. They uh, there's cones of cold being launched at them from like hidden points of view there's holograms there's all sorts of stuff they find people cold is no joke as well like yeah that's a spell like that's yeah that's one hell of a spell to be launched at you like an eldritch blast or something would be bad but a code of cold that's like 68 or something i think it's 8d8 8d8 oh yeah that's a bit too spicy for me yes very spicy very Um, spicy and then they fought these these mechs which appeared to be composed of like multiple people who had just been kind of made into meatballs to power these mech suits no uh yeah yeah no when the mech started to bleed I think everybody was like, oh, yeah. Jeremy, yeah. stop. It was bad. You so bad. the friendly. I'm sorry I even, <laughs> sed- I am sorry I even flirted with the word. I, it's, ugh. Bleeding whole mechs, game. Jeremy? Yeah, but whole game created to play with me, so D&D version of A Dozen Roses, so like kind of maybe. A bunch of mm. eye, tongue, and finger covered roses uh, that are bleeding. Yeah. no. Jeremy, <laughs> enough. <That's... laughs> Continue uh, with the story. Leave yes. out the tongue, please. So they fought. Uh, they fought their way through this. It, it, uh, they're trying to like get to where all the people are being held. They're in the underground facility, and then uh, kind of. In, I tried to have it in classic movie fashion, where you fought your way through all this. You've taken so many blows. You're like, uh, uh, I can see victory in sight. And then the scary guy comes walking out and slow motion and he's like oh nice. no I'm no having such terrible flashbacks listening to you say it <laughs> it's, it's so bad i was trying to do like the beginning of the of like uh, fellowship of the ring where you see the big the battle the uh what is it the ba- i forget what the name of the battle is but there it's all it's the last ditch effort to defeat sauron and they're like mm. we can win and then sauron comes walking out and they're like oh no, oh, no. Uh, and basically <laughs> there's this there's this character uh, and this is not a spoiler for anything, Mavros. It may show up again. Who knows? Uh, there's this character who's known as the Smiling Slaughterman, who is uh, he's given, dunks, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> given this name uh, based on the manner in which uh, he kills people. Uh, it's very bad. And yeah, uh, it involves Glasgow <laughs> smiles. 
Uh, Ooh, much of the time. I mean, and if you stopped at he is terrible, like the smiling Slaughterman is terrible, that would mm. also be an accurate statement. That would also yes. be enough. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, that, that, that's Those... like that gave me a that gave me a vivid it was picture. So bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so he showed up, starts just absolutely taking the team apart. And because I was trying to play him smart, because it was a situation where if they were able to pin him down in like mm. one spot and just hammer him with attacks, they very much could win sure he's not like a ju- he's not juicy on hit points he's yes he's, he's uh, not like yeah. mega juicy on hit points uh but, but i tried to him, fi- down. Pin, yes, him down yes they were not point. able to pin him down because he i i had him fight very intelligently uh and he so did. he was he was very tactical in the way that he he was uh attacking the group. also just say that one of my favorite uh things and i've seen this many a time usually it's johnny uh, uh jonathan charles friend of the show uh is like that you get the best reactions and hopefully uh with video stuff coming to 3bh uh you, you'll be able to see more of these moments from johnny because he's so like he really wears his heart on his sleeve and like so many times i will be dming a game or being playing within a game with johnny and exactly that thing will happen we run an absolute gauntlet or i'm putting them through an absolute gauntlet big bad walks out and you see johnny actively go and check his sheet see that he's used all of his spells and just sort of turn back ah, and like the, the pain <laughs> in his eyes <laughs> the sheer like ah there's nothing i can do it's we are doomed uh, we, it's all over <laughs> i'm the intelligent <laughs> player in this party especially in my home games like johnny you and johnny absolutely carry that team like the rest of them are just like we'll do whatever it's cool <laughs> like if you and johnny like take a knee then it's bad it's real bad <laughs> but yeah i just love the idea i think that's uh, uh, that filmic moment of this, the wizard looking down and going everything's <laughs> over it's the it's the hoosier standing on the the train car realizing they're completely out of spell slots yeah so take off their mask and draw and their sword like draw the sword and go, go okay <laughs> <laughs> fight to the last uh, just uh, standing there so it was kind of that but uh it was looking like it was going to be like oh you may have to run away situation mm-hmm. like you may not be able to win this one uh and the the slaughterman saw that leo actually leonimara flatron's hey. character who uh is a tiefling who died earlier in the campaign and while she was dead sold her soul to mephistopheles uh, in order to be able to come back to life and also have warlock oh, powers. For a second, I thought you said Mr. Mistopheles then. That would no. have been so funny. The guy from Cats. I was like, the guy <laughs> from, from Cats? Mr. Mistopheles. Whoa, Whoa that's, he's, a, he's a patron in this place? <laughs> you can be his that's right. There's a lot of cats in this city. We didn't get to meet them, but they're all over the place. And they all click in time. And they all <laughs> sing it. <in. laughs> they're all jellical. <laughs> there are so many jellicle cats oh god my damn god jellicle city there's like now we have to you know, now there's gonna be like way of the jellicle monk uh <laughs> <laughs> the great yes. old jellicle uh jellicle soul patron. sorcerer <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah school of jellicle artificer? yeah i was yeah, gonna order, say school of jellicle order of the je- uh what would it be uh, the the oath of the jellical. <laughs> the jellical. Oath of the jellical. Oh, horrendous! Absolutely. Or what's horrendous. the what's the place they want to go in that the something something way? They want to like go up into heaven, but I don't remember what their the, version of the heaven long... is. I will look it up while you carry on, and then I'll randomly shout it out at a time that's not appropriate because Please. we'll have moved on from this bit. I feel like that's the perfect time. Yes, exactly. It's the only time. It's the three black halflings time. 
Yeah. So <laughs> there was uh, – so he saw that Leo's character, uh, Jedevive, was healing people and bringing them back up as he was taking them down. And so he's like, fine, I'll attack her. Uh, and so he hit her with a ranged attack, and she was already very low on hit points, and she was also flying in the air. Uh, and so she got slashed by one of his razors, fell out of the sky. The heavy side Leia. The, the heavy side layer. There uh, that's the I want to the- apologize. I want to apologize really quickly to everyone who is screaming at their phone whilst listening to this <laughs> because I do this all the time with podcasts where there's like a yes. really obvious thing and you're like, it's this. Just say it's this, please. <laughs> so I apologize Somebody for anyone who went through that. Typing in their cubicle like, it's the heavy side layer. It's the heavy side layer. Uh, please write into the show if you randomly shouted the heavy side layer at a completely <laughs> random point uh, with no one else around you because uh, I think that's that would be very funny. Yes. Please continue. Uh, so <laughs> she loses consciousness in midair, falls, Ooh. which means and slams into the ground because she was flying like twenty or thirty feet up. It was so she so bad. So she immediately fails two death saves, and I believe it was her turn next. Uh, and here's the thing. The slaughterman, when he damages people, they get a bleed effect, uh, which oh, means gosh. that they then immediately take damage at the start of their next turn. And so I turned to the group and was like, all right, let's be fair about this. We have not yet determined whether the bleed effect continues after you go down or mm. whether it stops. Mm-hmm. Do we want to definitively say then the bleed effect continues. And they yeah. were like, yes. And I was like, all right. <laughs> you have chosen Genevieve violence is, today. Yes, you have chosen <laughs> death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Genevieve is going <laughs> to die. It wasn't Genevieve's turn next because I remember as soon as the weapon shot out and my heart sank into my stomach mm-hmm. as I knew how badly it was getting for all of us and that our healer just went down, uh, we still had like one or two turns. And then she had asked... If uh, to to like sort of reach out. Yeah, that was I think it was that no one had a no one who could heal had an opportunity had to get to her. Oh, yeah. Like there, yeah, it was it may not yeah, have been her turn just... immediately next, but it was like no one else who could have healed her had any mm. opportunity to do so. So with her last breath, she was like, with my last words, can I call out to Mephistopheles and ask him to save us all? And sure. Meanwhile, like it is like dire. Folks and are instead, going down. Rum Tum come came out. That was the, that was the twist. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mr. Mistopheles, <laughs> the Rum Tum He sent his friends. That was- started dancing, <laughs> dancing sensuously up on the smiling slaughterman. <laughs> uh, straight up, started grinding on the smiling oh, slaughterman, it. sending it's him to the heavy side layer. That's where <laughs> yeah, he he pe- he peaced out. He's like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. I'm not out. doing this. Uh, it's too weird. Uh, Rum Tum Tugger <laughs> is a terrible bore. She rolled. I was like, cool, roll persuasion to get Mephistopheles to help you guys. And she rolled. Uh, she is, by the way, an eloquence bard. So she already cool. is getting, I think at this yeah, point, yeah, yeah. the lowest she could get, you were at least level five. So I think the lowest that she could get was like an 18. I was going to say, uh, probably like a, yeah, it must be higher than a yeah, 15. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Mm. Expertise. Well, it's plus. Yeah, I think, she, I think the lowest 10. she could get was a 19 at this point. Uh, she didn't have maxed out charisma, so, uh, sure. but she rolled a natural 20. Oh, boy. And now it's like, oh, because if if Mephistopheles does not get involved, this could get really bad very, very quickly. Mm, uh, mm. And I mean, it already gotten bad. It could get even worse. This could be a <laughs> TPK situation. So sure. essentially what happened the way that I ruled it is she calls out to Mephistopheles. 
the room then like it's almost time slows down but people see the room around them start to just freeze over because mm. mephistopheles in D D lore lives in an icy lair uh so it's like the whole room well, just he, has, he has fur so it, it, he's not too cold yeah, Mr. Mistopheles uh, lives in a lives in an industrial refrigerator, uh, canonically in the world of Mavros. Just one frozen meatball is his uh, throne. Yes, mm. just a shivering frigid cat sitting yeah. in, in, on a fry, frozen meatball. Um, they the whole room froze over. They saw all of these like glyphs appearing, being activated by this that apparently had been set there as like a security measure. The the glyphs all go off, completely destroying the room. But at the same time, they are basically they their bodies or their souls are just grabbed from the room and taken straight to hell uh, because that's a safer spot. <laughs> like the idea is like, Whoa. well, OK, so he basically blew up everyone's bodies, but did not technically didn't kill them because their souls were like taken safely away first. It's just if they go back, they'll be dead because they don't have bodies. So he took Whoa. them all to hell. Uh, they look around. And I want to the- say as well, that makes, for me, that makes like more sense than like him just turning up and like being able to bamf them somewhere else. Like it absolutely makes sense that like, he's like, well, I could kind of bring you here. Yeah. That's the best deal I got for you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, yeah. Because it, I think it's, it's nice when, when like gods have, there's like a limit. Do you know what I mean? There's not, it's not a complete, uh, it's not a complete like, um, get out of jail yeah he's like, mephistopheles X. does not manifest Deus on the X, prime mr. material plane yeah, yeah mr exactly. mephistopheles does not manifest on the material plane mm. uh and dance and sing at the smiling slaughterman until he is until he explodes oh, and then he takes you to hell <laughs> it would have been quite an ending and the to thing that is session. and and hell canonically in mavros is just you have to sit down and watch the movie version of cats over and over again Exactly. Uh, so it, it all makes sense. Oof, it all makes that sense. That hits hard. How yeah, dare it you? Real hard. I paid to see that movie. I paid to see that movie in the theater, uh, knowing it was bad. Knowing yeah, it was yeah, bad. Oh, well, I would have. Uh, I would have happily paid to see that in high def. <laughs> like I'd have happily seen oh, that no. weird naked fur on Idris Elba. I mean, let's go. Uh, let's go. Oh man. I I also saw uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker the same week. Cats was the better investment. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, oh, wow. Oh, I, shots have been so, fired. Sh- yes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So essentially, um, they actually have not spoken to Mist- uh, Mephistopheles yet. He has like, because the whole idea is like hierarchically, he's still way above their pay grade. So they're just talking to like various lieutenants of his who Which were also terrible. Yes, they were also terrible. One well, guy is hell. like, they yeah. can't be good. Like, One dude is like yeah. a head that's just floating there, connected to a bunch of entrails that are tra- trailing below him that are all frozen. Jeremy. Uh, One dude is just is just a pool of sludge. Oh, like a gibbering mouther. Uh, who manifests a face out of it. That was pretty great. Yeah. That, he was totally one of my favorites. Yeah. He's like it. It was kind of inspired by Dune, uh, when the the Baron Harkonnen oh comes out of the sludge. Yeah, comes out Yo. of the sludge, and you see his face. It's Yo. like that, like a face appearing out of this pool of sludge that everyone's having to stand in to talk to. Mad him. props to Skarsgård while we're here because yeah, that looked absolutely. uncomfortable as hell. Like that wearing that suit and then being in in like completely submerged in like this black tar. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's disgusting. It's so bad. Uh, and yeah, so they ended up agreeing because they're like, because the the people, uh, the denizens of hell are like, look, we saved you. 
So you technically, technically, we kind of own your souls right now. Yeah. Not like officially, but kind of. You don't really have bodies either. So we have to make a deal. And like they, they basically uh, chose to rather than like sell their souls and become warlocks or, you know, anything else like that. They decided to essentially pay off their debt by going into the Shadowfell and fighting one of Mephistopheles's enemies. So that's kind of what huh. they're in the middle of right now. Which is also wow. like a really crazy, fun turn of events. Yeah. yeah. There's some wild things have happened so uh, far. I will say, though, just the moment when all the glyphs went off mm -hmm. and everything started to explode and my character's soul is traveling away, the only thing I could think is, oh, it was worse. It did get worse. It did get worse. <laughs> yeah, it was already bad. J truly, I mean, if you're if you're a fan of the show and you're listening, like you already know this, but truly Jeremy is the master. It can and will get worse. Like, <laughs> there is, like, if you've listened to Outlaws and Obelisks, uh, I won't spoil anything, but I think everyone knows what I mean when we all went through something truly individually harrowing and traumatic to mm. land back in a room only to be presented with arguably a task which was inconceivably <laughs> difficult. Like, inconceivable that we would survive that scenario. Absolutely inconceivable. So, like, Jeremy truly is the master of. Oh, it can and it will get worse. I feel like I feel like somebody who's like a wild driver and like a really wild aggressive driver, and people are like talking about it. I'm like, but did you die though? But did you die though? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can absolutely, I can you absolutely died. hear that. You, I can absolutely hear that. I can yeah. absolutely hear that. Uh, no, the reason is no because we had Emily Axford. Moving on. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, but look, I think this. I think like I mean, you know, if we can do a little bit of uh, DM advice here, I do think there is something to this, which is that I think the skill that you have for this particular thing is the fact that you know how to start off really in the minutiae of like a character's journey and like a really personal, you know, uh, like you always start at, like a really personal, really like. Uh, wholesome, not wholesome, but like a really like uh, individual place because I think then it allows for growth. Like every time mm. you you, very, you pace it very well, you don't start at 100. You know what I mean? This is a mistake I've made as a DM before. I'm like, I've got this really cool way to hook them into the story. They're going to be at the center of like the biggest thing that ever happened. And it was kind of like, I can't top that. Like, every, like, do you know what I mean? Like every once a Balrog comes through and destroys an entire city. <laughs> what else? What I mean, else look, can it was dope. Really do? It was dope as hell. It was extremely but, cool. But there was, but there was, there was definitely like a full twenty sessions after that where like <laughs> nothing was. Everything was kind of like okay, cool. <laughs> like it took me a minute to sort of. You know, I think we didn't really get back to that level until like we had the big vampire showdown. But even then, that was pretty underwhelming purely because I didn't, you know, the, <laughs> the vampire the, showdown was very cool. I think yeah. I think when we got back to the that level again was when you had a kraken. Jasper introduced oh, yeah. a kraken. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was fright. I think it was and it was like a side. It was an accident, right? Yeah, 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 it was yeah. when we well that whole the whole battle leading up to it uh basically um we had gone to go help save a guy's sister a guy who had helped us out uh and we were exploring like this area and that was we've told the story actually i think you've told the story yes. of the time travel room where there's like yes. a wall that was a lot of fun. yeah that was a lot of fun yeah yeah that was part of that and then uh ryan's character gundan died uh, well yeah oh yes of course because this was it was complete it was a complete accident because basically what happened is there was a kraken priest in the room who has an amulet 
which can summon the Kraken, but it can only be activated by a Kraken priest or a sea creature. But the druid happened to wild shape into a shark when he grabbed it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Johnny playing the uh, no, uh, Johnny, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Charles, had yeah, used Johnny was playing a druid. I think he used I think he cast polymorph on himself. Oh, that was it. Sorry, yes, he cast yeah. polymorph on himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but that's why. So anyway, this all this to say that uh, I think a good bit of DM advice is like think about the pacing of like when you're going to mm. introduce these kinds of things because I think that it's always better because then when you get to the big moment, your players will be like, okay, right, this is it. And then it's not it. Like <laughs> there's mm. all like there's, you can introduce more levels and you could get you can you know increase the tension and ramp up the tension. It's the same. I think the same thing always goes like ev- like every like comedy and all kinds of things. Like generally, it's always better to like start small because mm. you'll get kind of more of a reaction from the smaller stuff. Whereas once you go big, it's hard to get a reaction from that like smaller stuff again. You know. Um, yes, so but I, I, I have to it. throw out Jasper. I have to throw out. I think you're selling yourself a little bit short because uh, I took. I think there's a way to if you start big, sort mm. of like in video games. So like if you've ever played Paper Mario, actually a lot of the Mario games, where there mm. will be a gigantic disaster at the beginning of the game, where we mm. see Bowser, we see the big bad guy show up, sure. we realize how outmatched we are and how much of an arsenal this guy has we automatically fail or we see a terrible thing happen and now the we now have to go back way smaller and work mm. our way up to that point that's a, that's a pretty common trope of like jrpgs though yeah like mm. we just yeah. started playing chrono cross and that's what happened you were like all powerful at the beginning and then and then they just knock you back yeah or like mm. kingdom hearts i think kind of mm. yeah kingdom hearts yeah kind of does something like yeah it start, does a lot yeah. of stuff with like memories and things where you're like you'll yeah. pop into yeah. a memory and be like really good and then yeah. you're like go back to your weak little body and you're like oh no <laughs> so that's to commend you jasper because at least for me as a player it felt like uh the opening we started uh in jasper's game we started outside of this huge drow city uh mm. and we like had to escape from our uh we were being carted there we escaped from our bonds we snuck into the city uh it was a whole elaborate thing we met secret agents within the city uh turned out there were there were much larger things happening politically that we kind of got wrapped up in we went to this huge banquet party thing got to meet some really cool and important people in the city but then it turns out that the <laughs> the wife of was it the mayor of the city uh yeah basically like the runner the, the, yeah like the king or whatever the yeah to <laughs> summon a balrog to try and make a point to her husband uh wasn't that really well, no it was it, she was an elite she basically her husband had done something to upset the king and queen who ruled over this land and basically it was either like we'll take everything away from you including like your children or you can make we can prove a point to the north that you did, don't rebel against us. Oh, okay. So did you here's petty a thing. Balrog them? Hmm? You petty Balrogged them. I did. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the king and queen petty Balrogged them. Yeah. Oh my god. And the Balrog came out and was like, "Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what happens. That's what happens when you mess with." That's what happens when you mess with the bull. You get the horns, <laughs> and then it I'm started the whipping. You see me? And you I'm see the this? Horn. You see this on the horns? <laughs> this is the one when you play Dennis, right? Uh, Dennis, yes. Yes, this is Dennis Colspring. This is yes. that was the beginning, the, yeah, the beginnings of Dennis Colspring. Yeah, uh, the, the the legend. Uh, and that was like the end of the first arc, and then <laughs> the conclusion was: we cannot stay here. But we must <laughs> come back bad. to this city and help but. them because the Balrog said he's coming back. So we yeah. need to. We, we need, need to, to. We need to sort that out. We, yeah, we need um, to go get stronger. 
Yeah, uh, but I think, but I, I, I still think that, um, I, yeah, because I think that you're right. There is something in into that to that trope, and I think that's what like there was the attempt of. But I do think that I do just generally think that pacing is something that, um, is 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 hard to get right because I think that a lot of DMs will try to, um always try to like one up themselves and maybe it's like that's like not necessarily the way to go about it it's like mm. oh no but you can it's like just think about it like pacing think about it like how can i build a narrative which like i would find satisfying and i think it's like it's easier to do it that way i think for me instead of thinking like mechanically like what's a bigger monster and a bigger monster and a bigger do you know what i mean mm. i find it more satisfying to do it like that um that way and i think you do a very good job of that um thank you and i think well, you, you uh you do a good job of that and uh in this particular um uh in this particular uh, mini series uh, uh, mini series because uh yeah it goes by the end i mean shooketh is the is a word to use uh <laughs> the, the 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 view on the camera was truly slack jaw i think by the end of episode by like more like the midpoint of like episode or like the the, the two-thirds of episode four uh mm -hmm. so enjoy that uh because yeah. i just remember the mantra with jeremy cobb it can always get worse <laughs> that's 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 i think that should be your new tagline hi i'm jeremy cobb your very neighborly dm Remember, it can always get worse. <laughs> I think that should That's be your amazing. new tagline because I think it's very apt. <laughs> it's like the combination of the Olive Garden slogan, like when you're here, you're family. It's, now it's when you're here, it can always get worse. It can always get worse. It can always get worse. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To pop back for a second about DM stuff, though, like yeah, please. Jeremy actually taught me how to DM, and I feel like um, I try to do this in my game, uh, but I also, both on the podcast and it, in the home games he does, I've noticed it's it's also about being insidious, right? Like it doesn't have to be big. You could just plant a tiny, terrible seed in your player mm, and watch mm. them let it flourish. So yeah, like in, yeah, 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 yeah. in my game, uh, Millie's character mm -hmm. uh, accidentally kills this uh, civilian kid, and so now that's a that's some that haunts her, and I'm just mm. gonna let her sit with that guilt yep. and let it bloom on its own. Mm. And I but learned I that from you. This actually this actually leads to a pretty fantastic piece of advice, which is always like I, we've said this, we've definitely said versions of this many times, which is just like use the players, the, use the stuff your players give you because they will give you gifts upon gifts mm. upon gifts. Oh, yeah. If you listen to your players whilst they're just role playing together innocently, players close your ears right now. I don't want you to hear this bit because this, <laughs> this is a this is a DM secret and we don't want you to know this bit. But when they're just sat there 
when they're just sat there having a little conversation and one of them goes, oh, you know, like that, that rat, like that thing that happened to me. What if it's connected to this? Mm. I can tell you categorically, it probably wasn't before you said that. <laughs> but, it but now I'm like, oh shit, that's a good twist. Okay. Just reach out and start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I'm just gonna type. Just start typing. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, I'm just gonna make a real quick roll back here. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, actually, that I mean, it's I'm it's I'm glad you bring that up because that was the entire basis for the plot of City of the Black Rose was. Uh, and this is not like a spoiler because uh, this this is in episode one and it's not like a huge twist in episode one. Essentially, we begin with this guy, uh, Bill Wapwunkle, Johnny's character, who's sort Ooh. of like a small town Andy Griffith sort of uh, police officer who in a, in a very small rural town where there's basically no violent crime. And the dude's primarily like taking care of livestock and getting cats out of trees and maybe settling disputes. And uh, mad props to Johnny. It's just so perfect. Like, I, was, yeah. so I was just thinking it, though. <laughs> Like everything you've told me about him, another magical creation by Johnny. Yes. Oh yeah, it's just so perfect. He's so wholesome. <laughs> I re- I remember when we were doing the intro, I was sat there the whole time thinking, my character is the spawn of Satan. Like it's like <laughs> so like such a like e- like intrinsically evil character, and I'm like this poor man has got to meet <laughs> meet Duncan. <laughs> The most edge lordy, like dark yeah, character that's what I mean. that we've like Jasper really leaned into like the gothic fiction. Like I have yeah. a terrible curse, a horrible power within me, and I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, and then yeah, you have the friendliest gnome uh, who has come into who has come into the city of Mavros because he's technically Mavros is a city state, so he lives way out in the boonies, uh, mm. way out in the rural areas. He's coming into the city proper because I think it was fifteen years ago. I have the number written down, but some years ago uh, there was a hand, a severed hand that washed up in somebody's farm, and the hand mm. was clutching an orb. Uh, and it was uh, had a scrap of cloth, and they never figured out what the deal was. Now they've gotten a bit more information about it, so he's coming to the city to try and learn about it. That hand comes from Johnny's backstory. I knew, I knew. Sorry, there is actually a skeletal hand right now. This is <laughs> that was so perfectly the perfect timed. Moment. The perfect moment. The yes. perfect moment. I, I tasked Deja with somehow finding a way <laughs> to get the, the to get this little skeletal hand that randomly appeared into this somehow, and it was truly the best time. A hand uh, which I just realized has no thumbs. It is just thumb? five fingers. That's a thumb. No, that's a thumb. That's, that's thumbish. That that's thumbish. Thumb-like. Thumb-like. It's a big old thumb. You finagle your wrist. It looks. It's a big old thumb. All right. All right. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like a thumb to me. But okay. Um, the uh, that hand comes from Johnny's backstory. I knew I wanted to start with his character because there has to because it's a whole new setting. Uh, and mm. because a lot of the characters start out knowing the setting and you want people to kind of have an idea of what things are like here, uh, mm. it's it's easier to start with a character who's just arriving there. And because his character is not from the city itself, is from the, the larger city state, uh, he was the perfect person to like, okay, we enter the city with him. We see what he sees. We feel what he feels. We see the city through his eyes first. Uh, And having, and also I needed a reason for him to come into the city. So that was a piece of uh, his character's backstory that I then turned into the plot. Mm. Um, 
I mean, the big moment that Jasper is talking about in ep- about two thirds of the way through episode four comes from Terry's character's backstory. Yeah, uh, the, the stuff that I took there from there absolutely tied in with there. Um, a lot of the emotional connection, I think, for both uh, Jasper and uh, Iza's characters come from their backstories. And then yeah. there's a bit of a twist in episode two uh, that comes directly from Johnny's backstory, which is why when I'm like, ah, you see such and such, there mm. isn't like a, okay, it's like, uh, a, oh, really? Oh, Wait, my, what? what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, it's very like it's it rarely fails uh, if somebody tells and here's here's the reason why I think it's such a good idea to use. If somebody gives you something from their backstory, they have now told you, hey, this is something that my character like. and yeah, also I'm, I care mm, about because yes, I put yeah, yeah. thought and time into this and I'm I giving you this, this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, there'll be there'll be players like you'll introduce a piece of somebody's backstory and the player will react even more strongly than you expected um, in in the game that preceded the UK Mavros game. There was a character's brother who showed up and I actually told this story, the 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 brother who got uh, his brain eaten by an intellect devourer and then oh, ran yeah. off into the Feywild. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it became such like a huge thing for that player, they, independent of me, were like, we have to go and save my brother. This is extremely yes. dire. That has to be the next quest after this one. Has to be. And everybody was like, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I love But it was that. like, that. yeah, I love it. When the players are like, we mm. have to do it. And mm. they care so much that they're taking control of the plot of the story and making independent decisions. Uh, it's the best thing in the world. It's so, so good. Um, and I think it works particularly well with a setting like the City of the Black Rose because it is, the whole point is it's like, it's got to be like thrumming with life, right? This city doesn't, this setting doesn't work if it doesn't feel like literally teeming with life and stories around every corner and people and characters all with live. Do you know what I mean? I think you can kind mm-hmm. of get away with it a little bit in like kind of more traditional D&D settings where you're like in a sleepy village or do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then something happens to the sleepy village, but generally everyone in the village is kind of, you know, doing their own thing, just pottering Lexa around. Daisical. Yeah, just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I think, I think that's one of the beautiful things about the city of the Black Crows, and why. I mean, I really dug it as a setting. I probably would go as far to say it's one of my favorite settings we've actually played in. I really loved Ooh, it purely because big. I think the, the the purely because I think the joy in knowing that if we don't step in and do something. Some that stuff's going to carry on happening. Do you know what I mean? I I really personally enjoy, and I think you probably know this because of the way that I DM Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I love feeling like a really tiny, insignificant part of the world. Mm-hmm. But then, because then I feel like then you get like the true hero's journey of being like of like either not deciding to be the hero or not even being the chosen one, but like still making a difference, right? And mm-hmm. still choosing to make a difference. And I, and I think that's so perfect in City of the Black Rose because it's like you are just in this vast expanse of people and there is danger around every corner and you could just get like, you could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You could be, you know what I mean? Like there's so <laughs> much, yeah. um, which, which I love. I like, I love the fact that as like a hero, you could just like walk around the corner and like, I, I feel like it's a bit like, um, it's almost a bit like the boys, uh, you know, the, the, the Amazon prime show. It's mm-hmm. like, this the is the, the boys version yeah. of like core D and D. 
right? It's like the version in which super hit, like a super hit, like hero walks around the corner and gets his head blown off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like someone, someone in like a you know like oh, I'm the big adventurer, like the barbarian or like no the the, the paladins just like yes, I'm gonna fight for justice and destiny and oh, like as they get like yeah. someone just to, like shut up and just like shoots him or something. Um, Somebody I, reaches out their window, throws like a shoot. Shut yeah. up! Shut up! <laughs> Uh, um, and that person is actually tied to a completely other complete other storyline yeah exactly uh, then the cam- that's what i'm saying but then the camera pans in through that and we find out the reason they were so agitated because they're on the edge because they've just do you know what i mean like that's yeah like, I think somebody that's like what their I friend is dying and they're trying yeah. like or like operate on them and they this person's yelling at the window yelling like, that they're gonna be a hero shut the fuck up like, I, like, that's <laughs> what i think streaming I... down their faces they're like desperately <laughs> trying to help their friend yeah i found it so easy to imagine like everything i found it so easy to like and I, and i found myself as a player like trying to fill in little uh it, it almost like i almost liken it to like a like a immersive theater experience or something mm-hmm. where you're like uh things are purposely kind of vague so that you can be like, oh i wonder ooh, i wonder if it's this or maybe it's like that or you know what i mean and because a lot of the tropes and things like that you use are well known it it's amazing because then you like you're like oh great like i i already understand this i already understand the machinations of this etc uh and i think that's it's very fun because of that Mm. there are also a lot of not vague things about it though so like my Mm. character in uh the u.s game uh has the deepest ambitions to be just the best boy he just he just wants Mm. to save the city uh but if you look back and one of the fascinating things that i thought jeremy did with this is there there is a history of vigilantes and heroes in the city. Like, it's mm. not like my character has this clever new idea. In fact, he is such a fanboy of the of, this, yeah. of the legends who have come before him. So I feel like that really ties into what you're saying about how like you're just a you're just a tiny drop of character in this huge ocean of shenanigans that everything is constantly moving. Mm. I'm definitely now imagining a world we do like a multiverse thing where two worlds collide. Your character is the sort of like uh you know the 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 the, the like counterforce to my to dunks and they're like they form <laughs> I am a sort of justice very excited league about duncan like duncan is pretty amazing duncan is super cool yeah that would be so fun yeah tell well tell tell them about like a spark that character okay, yeah yeah mm. spark is a warforged who uh, works with a an acting troupe, the Lingering Amazing. Tableau, uh, and he just does everything in the background. He does costuming, he does makeup, and he just, he's the best boy. He's like a stagehand as well. He is, oh, yeah. He's yeah. the ultimate stagehand. Yeah. What a good uh, boy. And he just wants to save the city uh, from everything, from any kind of evil. And he's so much like an anime protagonist, like, we could save the day with friendship. Together, uh, he is from the beginning of Mavros, actually, and then some stuff happened. I don't know, like hundreds of years prior, Hundred, yeah. when, they, when the city was. I don't think this is a big spoiler. Okay. There, there were like when when the people who sort of founded the city of Mavros moved in, there were already people living there, and there were eventually some cultural conflicts, which turned into full blown conflicts. And Spark was made during that time, uh, and right. then eventually was shut down. And then was dormant for hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. before he was turned back on by accident. Because I think yeah. I think they were By using him as a prop. Yep. 
And then that they found incredible. him in the trunk and they were like, oh, oh. And of yeah. course, the acting troupe would be like, hmm, free labor. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, have like yeah. the super pretentious director. Uh, you have like oh, yeah, yeah, all the different. Yeah. yeah all the different. In like, the chair. All the different Absolutely. tropes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, and so that's and so spark. That's spark. Yeah. yeah. And spark. Uh, does he doesn't he use like a prop sword as well? Isn't that uh, like his he weapon? has a prop wheel as a shield that he wears on his back. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, he has a prop sword. Uh, he also has that thing where he can sort of jettison his uh, outer Warforged shell and he's just a little itty bitty chibi guy on the inside. Wow. Yeah, Incredible. It's like his escape move. <laughs> yeah. There's like a three foot tall. So Spark is normally like six, seven yeah. feet tall. Yep. The, there's another smaller Spark inside of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, if in a pinch, he can jettison the outer one, and just a little one is now running. Like, That's <laughs> so funny. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, but he just—he—he's in awe I'm in of love everything. I'm in love with Spock. Wow, yeah. Spock sounds incredible. He's even sort of a dad now. He adopted a baby. He did knives. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Of course. Uh, nice. And uh an yeah. augmented sort of like an awakened slash magically augmented owl bear child who is who has been oh. given like humanoid level intelligence mm-hmm. uh named so Knives. cute. Yeah. He is baby. so cute. Very passionate about this. Do you know what this is also making me think? Like at some point we are going to have to find a way of culminating all of our tales from the table. Like mm. I feel like there needs to be like a, uh, a a like Reddit thread with like all of the tales that are there because yeah. like I also w- I desperately want someone to go through the tales and find a way of connecting them all like that they're all in the same world somehow like Ooh, I feel like like, like you Pixar, know like, like, like the Pixar theory. the Pixar theory like I feel like I feel like it's I feel like we've been vague enough with the stories that it's definitely possible mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would well you've got the time traveling mirror so I feel like that probably that tale yeah. alone probably gives you enough room wiggle room to do something wild we definitely um, have multiversal at least in terms of different planes of existence stuff happening mm. in Mavros uh, where like yeah. people can go to Shadowfell or to hell or other places uh, yeah and and the Feywild existed in the other game that I ran. So I think I think we could absolutely It make is this possible. Work. Yes. Yeah, we can make this work. We can make this happen. Yes. Uh, Actually, one of Deja's characters is one of the ones who makes a brief cameo. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Okay. Okay. Which, okay. Uh not I, Spark. Yeah, not <laughs> Spark, the other one, which mm-hmm. I love that uh you gave us the ability and it just came to my mind. You gave us the ability to have like sort of disguises in Shadowfell. And the only thing that I chose is a big bushy mustache on what is just already there. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> just a great red mustache. Big yeah, mustache. Uh, yeah, he, did it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, this has been uh, this has been an absolute blast because I think talking. I I like I said, I genuinely love this setting so very much. I think it's so much fun, and I think actually, based on feedback, I think this has been one of the most uh loved uh yeah. um settings we've had people really seem to connect to this so um if you if you like it please let us know please mm-hmm. you know uh, uh uh tell us that you, that you enjoy it because you know we we are definitely we like uh doing stuff that we think is cool but we we've always wanted to do stuff for you know you the audience without we you want you to like here. us dad we want you to like us please <laughs> oh no i won't do the jeremy no j- stop stop jeremy. coming onto our audience jeremy there it we is. know what that move is now We've I'm called so you in love out. with Stop you. It. I can't help it. It's irresistible. 
Okay, it it's ir- there's nothing I can do to resist it. If there's we keep such doing it, there's beauty to it. <laughs> so, there it is. Wow, that is truly so, so, so troubling. So troubling. Why? You look like you're chewing your own lip. You are chewing your own. This is. Yes. Your face yeah, got like 25% smaller. How have you. No, no, put the tongue away. This is horrendous. We uh, shan't be releasing the video of this, unfortunately, because no one needs to see what's happening right now. I feel like but, that's why you have to release the video. Like, oh, there it is. There it is. Thumbs up. Yep. Mm-hmm. You do a good job, buddy. You do a good job. Um, but no, if you, uh, if you uh, have enjoyed uh, listening to this, if you have enjoyed The City of the Black Rose, please let us know. Uh, because it is always uh, uh, wonderful to hear uh, feedback from these things and let us know that, that you're enjoying a particular setting because then we can come back. We can make um, uh, we can uh, make provisions to, to come back to these worlds. And um, uh, so, yes, but thank you so much to our very special guest, Deja, for joining us today. Hey. Uh, uh, this, was, uh, this was a lot of fun. I think it was, it's really nice, actually, to have someone who plays in the home game. At, like, do you know, because like, I think normally we always talk about it from a very, um, like, you know, forward facing perspective, if that makes sense. We always talk about mm-hmm. it and, like through the lens of being a show. Yeah, uh, and and it's kind of nice to see. Uh, yeah, it's really really nice to see that kind of play out um, when uh, with someone who's experienced the home version of this. Um, and I have uh, them everywhere in it. Yeah, it's just my sea creature face in the ocean with Jamal. Just just there yep. with Jamal. Just yep. floating. Jamal, with Jamal also plays in the home game. Jamal plays in every game. The thing is, Jamal's is. been in every single season of uh, Three Black Halflings, but you just don't know. The thing, well, actually, Jamal, the one good thing that Jamal does for us is that he actually will allow us to have days off. Uh, where, when I, by days off, I mean up for us to go and do like a specific job that we're not allowed to mention for mm-hmm. Jamal specifically. But what he can do is he can do a flawless impersonation of any of us. Yeah. And so Jamal's actually st- stood in for us many times. Uh, Jeremy barely DM'd Outlaws and Obelisks. It was, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of episodes of it that's just Jamal and Emily. Yeah. And yeah. Connie. It's <laughs> just Jamal, Emily, <laughs> and, and Connie. Emily and Connie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and really, and, it, was, and it was Jamal. Jamal who can't that do arranged, impressions of white people. <laughs> it was Jamal. It was Jamal who then arranged for. Why well, I, I, I was going to say it was a, it was a big twist. One of the big season twists. No, yeah, Jamal, you can't. You can't spoil it because he was like, I'm sick of, of doing that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Oh, and I want to sh- I want to throw out a hmm. shout out to Deja, uh, who I I uh, who I especially during Outlaws and Obelisks, I would call very frequently on uh in order to like plan out uh events and bounce ideas off of you and you suggested various things uh and one thing uh one notable moment i remember is the one of the biggest twists of that season the one that happens at the end of episode nine and then through episode 10 uh i i came up with while talking to you uh on the phone i distinctly remember like (gasps) Uh, thank you deja thank you deja thank you very much like you're a little uh like a little law keeper for us a little uh, law helper i like that i absolutely (laughs) love that um this actually feels very apt it it actually feels very apt because this week uh myself and jade actually uh started playing wonder home uh it's just the most delightful thing uh we have fuego the uh the fox and we have gus the cheeky little monkey i bet you can't tell which one i am <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> it's a mystery uh i know he, that you are a real a uh, spe- i guess spanophile spanophile 
Uh, yeah. So of course you are Fuego the fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much big old span of no. It, the reason uh, that Jade's character is called Fuego is because it's the Eurovision Song Contest this weekend, <laughs> and uh, Jade uh, Jade's a big uh, big uh, fan of Eurovision. So that's I, I think that's the reason that Fuego's in there. So yeah, Deja, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I will hand the mic over to you. Is there anything that you want to plug? Um, if there's anything that you do, if there's anything that you enjoy, you can plug anything. It's totally Aww. up to you. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for for having me. This has been, A, such a treat, because I love to listen to you guys. Um, but B, very exciting to be able to talk about Mavros, uh, because it's super cool. Uh, so is. I'm going to go ahead and plug three black halflings, as I do everywhere in my daily Yay! life. I just, all the time, I'm like, hey, guys, have you heard of three, three black, black halflings? Why? Alexa decided to get involved. She's really passionate about Imagine it. Imagine if Alexa started playing Three Black Halflings right now, and then we just had this weird feedback loop of Three Black Halflings playing whilst on Feedback Halflings. Whoa. Well, Alexa's going for it. She's still... Alexa's going for it. Wow. This is why. This is part of why I hate Alexa, just in general. You can just say, Alexa, stop. I think that will... I think that usually does it. Alexa, stop. You filthy... She said, I'm sorry. Initially, she said, I'm sorry. I'm not sure about that. When I said, this is why I hate blank. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> what was the monologue? I can't wait. We're going to have to boost the audio on that bit. Yeah. It was Alexa something about like meditating and yoga or something. Yeah. Those are the only words I caught. And what? I was like, I have no idea what? how this what? applies. Alexa. What? Look, Alexa, if you want to come... I'm sorry. I'm probably setting off my one in the next room now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to come on the show, you can. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but we just need to <laughs> prearrange this. You can't just mm. appear. Drop you know what in I mean? You can't know, we know that she records her own audio. We'll have to see if she's got the uh the the all the tech set up properly and uh jumping yeah. to the call. Um but no, Deja, uh uh but so thank you very much for coming. Uh and yeah, thank you very thank much you. For, for for spreading the word of three black halflings. It's incredibly kind of you. Uh I'm so I'm actually a flight attendant, and so all the time I'm just secretly like, Have you heard of three black halflings? Wow. Just, uh, That's I'm, incredible. Yeah. That's so, so I'm just out there gorilla Deja, I'm gonna advertising. Give you, I'm going to give you a mission. One I'm day. I'm here for it. One day, three black halflings should be included on in-flight entertainment. And that would be so <laughs> cool that you can Whoa. sit and like listen really to episodes amazing. of three black halflings that are preloaded on the plane. <laughs> that would be the funniest shit ever. You heard incredible. it here first. That would be so. That's your mission. That's yeah, your mission. You go on, like, the, yeah, you go on like the radio shows. One that's of them what I mean. Yeah, and, you, and it comes down with three black halflings. It's just Maybe all, we'll put the, some it's all, video just all the most chaotic and then like the darkest episodes of the actual play. Like the <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, show is yeah, all yeah, the most yeah, chaotic yeah. off topic episodes and then just like episode four and eight of Outlawsnopolis. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've literally never been a tech person, but I'm there with all of this equipment just like, yeah, like illegally it uploading patching it to it different aircraft. Uh, yes, I think you could do it. I think you could just have have a word with your airline and be like, look, I've, this is a great new show. I think it'd be perfect. And in-flight entertainment, uh, keep everyone nice and calm when you hit that turbulence. There's nothing more calming than the sound of me cackling and my, uh, <laughs> and my, and my hot takes uh, that I usually regret about necromancers. Soothing for the soul. <laughs> Um, well thank you so much for coming and uh, if you like Deja want to help us out and spread the word of the podcast we would really appreciate that because it helps more than you would know this Mm. show I mean we 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 have grown completely organically we've never like 
spent any money on marketing i mean that would be nice but it's that's not a thing that's uh, it's not in the budget happen. right now that's not, <laughs> that is not on the docket <laughs> so uh we always appreciate people spreading the words and telling people so uh if you want to throw some love through back halflings way we'd definitely appreciate that um uh you can throw love in a very uh, real way as well you can uh, sign up our patreon we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash tb halflings which yeah. is where the aforementioned uh, bonus uh, content for the city of the black rose will be up hopefully this week as you're listening mm-hmm. to this now um or if you're listening to this like months later uh as people often do then <laughs> it'll it's definitely it'll be up. there uh, it's just been go, there, go in there and search and there might even be a new show up there by then depending it on... might even be a new show up yeah. there by now we do talkbacks for pretty much all of our actual play series yeah. with I, th- I think as long as it's like more than like two episodes there's we, usually yeah, talkbacks there's usually some sort of talkback at something yeah. so um or at least just me and jeremy uh shooting the breeze about it so um check out our patreon we also have merchandise which is very very cool and very very funky and we've got some new stuff coming up so uh, now is a good time to yes and we're we're coming to youtube we are coming to youtube it's coming uh we're gonna have uh be uploading as many of our episodes we've got a couple of old episodes that we can put up there uh as well and we're gonna be putting up our actual play episodes which is very very Yes. Uh, so look out for video of actual play. Actual video of actual play. Uh, so uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Jeremy. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Jeremy Cobb One on Twitter. That's Cobb with dos bees or dos bes, and the dos number bes. one. Dos bes. That. Devolved so quickly into like you started gonna do like a very light suggestion of an accent, and I am Spanish Clem. (laughs) Spanish Clem, I love Clem so much. I love the idea that in the multiverse that we're gonna travel to clearly (laughs) in Outlaws Novelist Clem out there. There is there is gonna be every variation of Clem. Um, I hope so. I'm I'm a hundred percent here for it. (laughs) You have regular Clem who says his name like Clem, and then the Spanish Clem is Clem. Glim. Yeah. I actually I, really like that. And they're no, arguing you know over even, how it's pronounced. Even better. It's got two we syllables. Should, it's clam. I've got a I, I've got a genuinely a better suggestion. For Outlaws and Oblivion season two, the multiverse of madness, whatever it's gonna be called. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh don't sue me, Disney. Um we should get our listeners from around the world to send in a voice note of them saying Clem, and then we can put it in. <laughs> So That's we the can climax get, like, of the series Clem. when Clem. We can get like yeah, yeah. The, all the Clems rain down, and they all just rain down saying their own name. Millions Clem. of Clems appear. Australian Clem, New Zealand Clem, Indian Clem, like Brazilian Clem. I am Brazilian Clem. I am so here for this idea, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know South I'm, African Clem. We have to have a South. We have African to have it. Well, I mean, we could just. No, have fact, it could be one of our listeners. It could be, one, it could be one of our. I feel like we we need someone. We could have one of our listeners. Uh, yeah, can can do this. If Unati's um, parents still listen to the show, maybe they can record themselves <laughs> oh, saying Clem. Uh, shout out to Unati, who's been putting the most wholesome content uh, of their mum on uh, on socials, and I just love it so much. I that just the most adorable. It just she's the most adorable lady. Um, uh, so anyway, before we ramble on for too much longer in true through my coughing style, we can go ahead and wrap this episode up. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. If you want to find me on the Tinterwebs, you can find me at JW underscore Cartwright. Um, I've just realized that was actually where we left off before going on a huge tangent about Clem. <laughs> Uh, wild uh, and you can follow the show at the number three black halflings that is three 
black halflings uh on uh instagram uh twitter mm. facebook the number three uh, uh th- yeah i said the number three i said that already number three i, I, I did that bit so already. the number it's the number three the, oh, it's okay, the number, the number. Three. Mm. and the color uh, black the, Mm-hmm. and the the ling half the, the lings of half that yeah, are half uh, make sure the, the lings have been halved have been halves. no uh, oh no. sorry this is a tiny little anecdote before we finish I it's so funny when explaining to people who don't understand Dungeons and Dragons what our name is because I had it like people I don't know if you've had this Jeremy but if you, if you I've had blacklings like when people say it back to me do you know what I mean? They're like, oh yeah, your show, um, uh, three blacklings or whatever. Like that, like genuinely, it's the funniest thing. I had three black cufflinks the other day. No. Someone said back at work said three black cufflinks. And I was like, well, if we ever do a business podcast, <laughs> we'll call ourselves three black cufflinks. Welcome back to three black cufflinks. <laughs> we'll be discussing the stock market today and the FTSE 100. <laughs> I've gotten into NFTs. <laughs> gotta love that blockchain <laughs> three three block chain link <laughs> three block chain links Whoa, no, that's... <laughs> on that note no, we'll do it. it flows we'll too do... well three block we... chain links we'll talk to you next week <laughs> so long, we cannot use the monkey image though for the no we can't do the no 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 Long Shire folks. Bye. You can you can say so. You gotta say it. Oh, you gotta say it. You gotta say it. I get to say it too. Yes. Every everyone who comes on this show is an honorary halfling and therefore gets to say so long, Shire folk. Yay! So long, Shire folk. Yay! And in honor of uh, Olivia Kennedy, who's going through some trying times, moving house. So long, so long Shire folk. But before we leave today, we have to say thank you to some very important people. That's right. I am going to say thank you to the people that have signed up to our Patreon recently. A huge, huge thank you to all the people that have signed up. We are doing so well getting towards our stretch goal. It is going to be epic when we get there. Uh, so if you want to uh, check it out, it is patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. But you already know that because you're already a patron, right? Right? Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it, and I would like to thank Chris Edwards, Ariel the Occasional Mermaid, Perry Clark, Steve I. Andrew, Bradley Knight, Heather Knorr, Rohan J. Providence, Megan Breen, Jordan P., Joe Custers, Zach Wampler, Ali Caligari, Dodd Zott, James Ann Lovely, Jeffrey Vandal, John Cartledge, Amelia Morgana, Joseph Abdelmelech, Kelsey Sophia, Damiana Vance, Kyle, Lindsay, you are all legends. Thank you so much for your support. It really makes the biggest difference uh, to what we were able to do here on the show, like pay people for their time that they spend putting into making our show a wonderful, wonderful thing. And make sure you stay tuned as we have some more wonderful content coming very, very soon for both the City of the Black Crows, plus some very cool kickbacks with some very, very cool people. So long, Shire folk.